if you seek to find us, our shards are held within. These pieces of our soul you'll find inside this human skin. Our true form you may not see, we with tail or fangs or feather. At times we even feel the wind against our wings of leather. Elven, fay, or angel, all have learned to build a bridge and embrace our kin of wear descent and draconic heritage. How we've gotten here is varied and often carries much debate. Some need to learn a lesson, help others, or have traveled here by fate. By birth, magic, walk-in, or traversing time and space, we remember our old lives fondly, but find happiness in this place. Our symbol is a septigram, sometimes called the Elven Star. It brings us together as a community, kin from near and far. For some, it stands for sun and tree and creative energy, a magical gift, a peaceful life, wind extending love and magic to thee. Whether five points to represent sun, forest, moon, wind, and sea, or four that blend the earth, water, fire, and air, it's okay to disagree. We see above, we see below, and all that are within. If you seek to find us, you may call us other kin. Greetings. You have wandered upon Broomstave Witchery, a podcast that explores all things pagan. My name is Sabrin Whitethorn, and I'll be your guide. So grab yourself some tea and come talk a spell with me. If you have heard the term otherkin or therian, chances are you either know an otherkin or know someone who has encountered one. If it's the latter, chances are sadly high that you heard about it in a negative light. This weird guy I knew once who thought she she tried to convince me she was actually a. I knew a guy one time who thought he was an elf in a previous life. (laughs) I think he was just looking for attention. Like I'd believe that. She must think I'm stupid. If it was someone you know and trust, you may have even asked a few questions or looked up the term online, only to discover two things fairly quickly. There's not as much information out there as you'd think, and it's all different. In fact, trying to define it is complicated, as there isn't any one definition that encompasses all otherkin or therian. The terms themselves are debated amongst those who consider themselves one or the other, as are the ways in which one becomes otherkin or how they experience being kin on a daily basis. There's no one authority on otherkin as a subculture, Although I can and will point you in the direction of several knowledgeable sources, there simply cannot be one that is more correct than another. Because if there's one thing I've learned, it's that to identify as otherkin or therian is a highly personal and individual experience. To begin understanding an entire subculture of people, we must first understand the verbiage used to identify them. Who are otherkin? And what is the difference between otherkin and therians? The answer seems to be split right down the middle, depending on who you ask. That they are one and the same? 
or that they are completely different. And as there is no wrong answer here, only opinion, I'll explain it from both perspectives. Otherkin and Therianthropy is first and foremost an identity. An identity that allows this subculture of people to better understand themselves, embrace themselves, and live happier, more fulfilled lives. Otherkin itself is not a religion, and while many people who identify as kin are pagan, not all are. However, as it is a belief and a lifestyle that is outside the main world outlook and has many concepts that delve into paganism, it's fair game for this pagan podcast. There is another pagan-centric belief that intertwines into the Otherkin identity very nicely, which is a large part of my coven's tradition, and that is the concept of totemism, which will have its own focus at a later date. As I previously stated, there is no one definition of Otherkin. What I'm about to give you as a base definition is a combination of two definitions I have found that I feel are the most accurate, one from a book and the other an online source, mixed with my own personal definition and in my own wording. Otherkin are those who identify as non-human, either whole or in part, non-physically. This means that while they look human and function normally in the human world, they believe they are home to, or are, a non-human species in a human body. Therianthropes are those who identify, either whole or in part, as Earth-based animals. Again, this means that while they look human, they believe they are home to, or are, an animal species in a human body. The animals they connect with can be extinct, but they still come from this physical plane of existence. As you can see by these two definitions, they are very similar. In fact, a majority of people use only the term otherkin to define any person who believes they are in part non-human. However, just as many believe otherkin and therianthropes to be two separate subcultures. For those who differentiate the two, they see otherkin as those who identify as species that are non-earth-based or that are considered mythological or supernatural. These species may include, but are not limited to, elves, fae, dragons, griffins, angels, vampires, or demons. Therians would then be seen as earth-based animals, such as wolves, foxes, big cats, small mammals, or even insects. For those who believe Therianthropes to simply be part of the Otherkin subculture, they may use the terms Therian and Otherkin interchangeably. There are also those who identify outside the norm for what is commonly thought of as Otherkin species. These include Fictionkin, who identify as fictional characters, Conceptkin, who identify as abstract concepts, and Weatherkin, who identify as different types of weather systems. And whether you consider these identities to be genuine kin or not is irrelevant. Those who do identify this way consider themselves part of the otherkin community. While the term otherkin seems to have originated from the word elvenkind or otherkind in the 1990s when the internet became more prevalent, otherkin as a subculture can be traced back to the 1960s 
with groups like the Elf Queen's Daughters, whose newsletters seem to have sparked the beginnings of what are now known as Awakenings today. So how do you know if you're otherkin? As with most lifestyles, beliefs, and identities that lie outside the fundamentalist social norm, you may just know, from a fairly early age, that you're not quite the same as those around you. Being told to act normal may be confusing for you, as you are acting within your personal paradigm of what is normal. It's not until you begin to grow and understand that your normal is different than the majority that you even feel the need to seek out or define who you are. As far as you're concerned, you're just you. And let's be honest, it is because of the fundamentalist social norms that we feel the need to identify ourselves in the first place, or slap a label on everyone and everything, or host pagan podcasts to help others understand what seems perfectly normal to us. But within the Otherkin community, there is a process called awakening. Awakening is the process of realizing, or waking up to, the fact that parts of yourself are not human. This is most commonly a process that happens over time. One does not simply walk into being an Otherkin, or wake up one morning and say, I'm a dragon. But rather, they may discover it through various flashbacks of another life, tendencies or quirks they seem to have, thoughts or feelings that lead to a particular realization, through dreams or by way of communications within their own mind. Often, it can take years of digging inward and of self-reflection to fully understand their kin selves. They may seek out others within the community, those who already understand, who can advise, and support. This may bring to mind another question. How do I know if someone else is otherkin? This is much like asking, how do I know if someone is pagan? Outwardly and at first glance, you probably wouldn't. Otherkin look like everyone else. On the outside. Most kin do not wear signs around their neck or sticky notes on their back that advertise their being other. Upon second glance, you might notice a particular theme about that person. Discreet tattoos or jewelry that depict specific animals. But don't confuse someone with a wolf tattoo as being otherkin. Perhaps they just love wolves, or the wolf holds symbolic meaning to that person. But upon a third glance, or more time spent with that person you may notice certain tendencies or personality traits that seem wolf-like by nature or off from what you may expect, such as that person having moments of being territorial or becoming agitated when they feel metaphorically or physically cornered. But most often, you'll know when they trust you enough to tell you. Some Therians will wear what they call gear. This could be as simple as a tail a pair of ears, or a mask. Many Therians report feelings of lost limbs or phantom limbs, where in a past life they used to have a tail or wings, in this human life they don't, and they may wear a faux tail to feel more themselves. This should not be confused with cosplay, as it is not a form of entertainment, and should also not be confused with the fetish lifestyle of furries, these are not related subcultures. 
limb dysphoria is just one of the ways in which another kin may feel off about their human bodies. Gender dysphoria is also fairly common in the kin community. Someone may feel their other self is one gender while their human form presents another, or perhaps in this life they're male, but know that in a past life they were female. In some cases, other kin may consider themselves to be gender fluid, as they may believe they have come from another world or plane of existence where gender is not of concern. Now that we've touched upon what other kin means and how you can tell if you or someone you know is kin, you might be wondering how one becomes other kin or how these other species have come to inhabit human bodies. Before we dive into this, I feel it's important to note being otherkin does not mean that you're being possessed by the spirit of another species. Otherkin is not possession. While there are some cases where a non-human species is present at the same time with a human spirit or presence, this is not considered a possession by the human conscious. There is communication and an understanding between the two, and this is a very rare occurrence. The majority of other kin are fully the other, being reincarnated or otherwise inhabiting their human body. While they understand themselves on the outside to be human, and that they are living and functioning in the human world, they understand better that inside they are not, and in most cases have come to understand a life they lived previously to be the reason. How one understands that they became or are otherkin is extremely individual. The following are the most commonly communicated ideas or beliefs, although they are not absolute, and many other theories and personal experiences do exist. The most common explanation is reincarnation. Whether the other life took place on another world, in another dimension, or in a parallel universe here on Earth, that is an individual experience. Therianthropes typically recall previous lives here on Earth, believing that when their life as an animal ended, they were reborn into their human body, and after a time start to experience knowledge of their previous life. Sometimes species dysphoria is an issue when it comes to reincarnation, as some can believe it was merely an accident that they were born into their human body as opposed to their animal body. Another explanation is genetics. Some other kin believe they were simply born other due to family genetics. Perhaps someone in their family at some point married an elf kin and didn't know. Or there's the more rare explanation that stems from a physical or medical condition that somehow changed their specific genetic makeup. Walk-ins are another common explanation as to how a non-human soul could enter a human body. There are a multitude of reasons out there from trauma that causes a human soul to leave the body, a momentary death where someone is brought back to life medically, or a voluntary transition where the human soul has given up on this life and invites another to take over. The reasons are numerous, but the idea is that the soul of the non-human species takes over as the human soul departs. In rare cases, it's even believed that the non-human species might step in before a human soul enters the body at birth. Those who wish to outright discount or disbelieve those who claim the identity of otherkin will often do so on the grounds of sanity, especially when the idea of multiplicity comes into play. 
There are those in the kin community who have multiple souls or distinct personalities that inhabit the same body. An example of this could be a human presence, a fox, and a big cat at the same time. The explanations for this are just as varied as the walk-ins, but the overlying similarity is the belief that the souls are split into shards, which are either entering the body at the same time or at different times in different ways. These are souls that are all present at the same time, communicate, and often come to the front when they're needed. To assume that this is dissociative identity disorder or multiple personality disorder is incorrect. Dissociative identity disorder is a psychological condition, and often the other personality present is not aware of the actions of the fronted personality. This is not the case with other kin. It is a sad fact that individuals with uncommon religious or lifestyle beliefs can also be misdiagnosed as schizophrenic. As there is no dissociation with communication between multiples, antipsychotics will not work with kin as there is no chemical imbalance cognitively, and kin are able to fully function in everyday life, these two conditions are clearly not a cause of being other kin. Look at it this way. If someone has communication with a deity, are they insane? Some may think so. But from a psychological perspective, religious belief must be taken into consideration. At the end of the day, someone believing they're a reincarnated wolf in a human body is no more harmful than believing in religion. If it's not inhibiting the person from living a healthy daily life, their sanity is no more in question than that of those who believe a deity can cure disease, or that a man can part the sea. There are a few symbols that are used within the Etherkin community. One is the Septagram, also known as the Elven Star. The Septagram originates from 16th century Enochian magic. Some Etherkin view the seven points as representing sun, trees, creative energy, a magical gift, a peaceful life that leads to Elfland, wind, and love and life to Mother Earth. It is also said to represent the four elements of earth, air, water, and fire, and also the spirits above, the spirits below, and those within. Another symbol is the Theta Delta, which is associated specifically with Therianthropy. The Greek letter Theta for Therios, and Delta to symbolize change. This symbol looks like a triangle, intertwined within a circle with a dash in the middle, I will post examples of these symbols on Instagram and Facebook. When it comes to shifting in the Therian subculture, it's a reference to non-physical shifting. Some examples of this are astral shifting or astral projection, in which the animal shifts to an astral form and becomes separate from the body, with no noticeable change to the human physical form. Auric shifting is when the person's aura shifts to animal form or animal energy and results in a mental shifting. Mental shifting is when the mindset changes from human to that of the animal. It can also cause changes in voice, movement, and behaviors to that of the animal's nature. Physical shifting is considered to be highly improbable in reality. For the most part, physical changes can be attributed to energy, glamours, 
physical movement of the body, and aura sightings. If someone who claims to be other kin states they can change their body into a dragon or breathe fire, they will not be taken seriously by the majority of the kin community, as statements like these are part of the reason other kins are at times not taken seriously. As I said before, not all other kin are religious. Those who do practice magic often use whatever form of magic they practiced in a previous life, while others choose their religious beliefs and this time and on this plane of existence. One ritual that is widely recognized and encouraged within the kin community is that of glamour bombing. A glamour bomb is an anonymous item left behind that is meant to instill a sense of magic or wonder in the eyes and life of whoever happens upon it. These glamour bombs are usually small pieces of art, like a drawing or poem, a painted rock, feathers, or other items. Glitter, bright colors, and interesting textures are often used, and the items are filled with positive intentions for the finder. If you happen across one of these glamour bombs, consider opening yourself to seeing or sensing another plane of existence, or simply feel the raised spirits this random gift is meant to impart. Before I dive into this week's Pagan Spotlight, I'd like to share with you a few sources I found helpful and knowledgeable in my research for this episode. First and foremost, I highly recommend the book A Field Guide to Otherkin by Lupa. You can visit her website at thegreenwolf.com. This was my second time reading this wonderful book, and I highly suggest it for anyone looking to learn more about Otherkin and Therianthropy. I also suggest visiting otherkin.net and theriangide.com. Before we part ways, I'd like to give small shout-outs to various pagan accounts on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok that I find educational or entertaining. Etsy or online shops that are pagan-based, websites, books, products, and physical stores that are pagan-written, crafted, owned, and operated. This week, I'd like to shine my pagan spotlight on the YouTube account Therian Territory. This is the account of Kira, a non-binary Therian silverwolf and beta fish who discusses their experiences with Therianthropy through humor and community. It's a great bit of fun and also quite educational. And finally, Broomies, before you go, just a quick reminder. If you weren't aware, I mentioned a contest in episode one that runs through the end of the year. And as we're officially in December, dear goddesses, where did the year go? This is the last month to participate. So please check out the first five minutes or so of episode one for details. Until next week, take care, broomies. Thank you for conjuring up some time to spend with me today. And until next time, broomies, remember, don't drink and fly. Thank you.